Hey everyone, quick announcement today. Kaysen and I are actually a few weeks ahead on the podcast now, so the time has come to pick the next title that we will be covering on the podcast after Xenogears. This is something that we put to vote uh, on our Patreon page for the $5 patrons and above. So if you would like to be involved in choosing the next title, uh, go and check our Patreon page. But I just wanted to let everyone know because in the last vote, right, we had Xenogears up against Final Fantasy X. And Final Fantasy X was a game that a lot of people hoped that we had covered, um, even though Xenogears was picked. And so I know a lot of people are probably anxiously awaiting to do another Final Fantasy game after this. But after Xenogears, I am mentally exhausted. Let's just put it that way. It's been... Uh, a lot of work to cover this game in the amount of depth and for the length of time that we have. And so I need a break from JRPGs. So we're going to cover something else in between Xenogears and the next Final Fantasy that we'll vote on. I just need a break from JRPGs for a second. I've got to talk about something else to stay sane. (laughs) Please bear with me on that. I'm begging you. I know you guys love JRPGs. I also love them. I can't talk about them exclusively forever. I've got to talk about something else. And it will probably be short. It will probably be a short game. Like, the games that I'm putting into into the vote are Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice, which can be beaten in less than 10 hours. Um, I think we'll also put Mass Effect back in there. And again, that one's maybe... 16 to 20 hours to beat. So these games are not nearly as long as these massive JRPGs we typically play. So, you know, at the most, we're, we're looking at four to six episodes or something like that on a weekly release schedule. So a month, month and a half, maybe two months, maybe two months at the most, depending on what it is. So it won't be nearly as lengthy a, a process as Xenogears has been, or Nier, or Final Fantasy VIII. And then after this next game, we will go back to a vote for Final Fantasy X, Final Fantasy Tactics, and Final Fantasy VI. We'll let you pick between those three, and we'll cover an FF game. And then we'll move on from there. So, just wanted to make that announcement, make you aware, uh, the patrons and also people who, who aren't, that the vote is happening now for the next game. Even though there's still a few more episodes here left in Xenogears. And that's just because we're a few weeks ahead now um, on, on the show. So just thought I'd let everybody know that. Please enjoy this episode. Thank you for watching. We really appreciate you. And uh, we'll announce that winner soon. Hello, welcome back to the State of the Ark podcast. My name is Mike. My name's Casey. We're carrying on from where Faye goes into the belly of the beast and is sealed up by the Gazel Ministry in Solaris. And it seems like Saiten has betrayed us. And we're going to go to the end of disc one. A lot of stuff to talk about here. We just got done with the scene with the Gazel Ministry revealing their plot to revive God, to take the bodies of Bart and Billy and the others as their animus and... Uh, get their consciousness out of the computer mm-hmm. and back into a body again. Um, Even and, though they talk down on Kane, they're like, he has a body, so he's not. We're the real wise ones. And yes. it's like, dudes, you're trying to get into a body. You're like, <laughs> why are, what are, I don't know, it's funny. So um, it cuts away from that scene. 
And we come to a scene with Krellian, who has Ellie separated from the others. She's like lying on this little bed that almost looks like, like an MRI machine or something like that. Yeah, it's got yeah. kind of that rounded yep. structure to it. He comes down and he starts talking to her and using a lot of terminology from molecular biology and genetics and things like that yeah. that might be hard to For a long decipher time. what yeah. he's talking about if you're not at least a little bit familiar with that stuff. So luckily for you, I've done some studying this week <laughs> to learn what he's talking about. <laughs> and I'll try to break it down for you as best I can. Because for the layman who does not know what these terms mean, it can be very confusing. So the first thing that he says is that the incident that happened with Ellie three years ago where she freaked out and shot all those dudes and killed everyone yeah. when she took, or they were trying to forcibly make her take drive. Drive, yeah. Right? Where she freaked out and killed all those guys. Um, he, he says that that was not the result of the common side effects of the drug. He was like, you, that didn't happen because you yeah. were given drive and it made you go crazy. Yeah, that, because something else. It happened because you had an awakening of your other inner self. Mm-hmm. And she's like, what? Another inner self? Now, she's acting confused about this, but based on some of the other dialogue from before, she, she's she seems to be aware that this is happening and maybe is trying to not think about it. It's possible she doesn't know the extent, right? She knows yeah. something's going on in her brain, but, but she, she doesn't know that it's a whole yeah. other complete self. Not totally sure of what it, what it all means. Yeah. And, and so he basically confirms right there, there's another inner self inside of you that mm. awakened during that event where you kill all those people. That's when she was under extreme duress. Yes, and then he goes on um, talking about, and we mentioned this a little bit in the last episode, about his struggles uh, to create nanomachines as complex as the ones that are found in Emeralda. Yes. That are small enough and complex yeah. enough to do the things that he needs to do mm -hmm. uh, to fulfill his plan. Um, and that he couldn't figure this out until they went and captured Emeralda and what he got from her, he basically figured out this problem he's been stuck on forever. For 500 years. <clears throat> so I copied down what he says here. He says, although the nanomachines up until now could recombine DNA, they couldn't uncover any information in the intron, which are located in the replacements of the double helix. Right. Now I'm gonna finish this quote <laughs> because this sounds like nonsense, but it's actually kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, I have that He says, however, the newer nanomachines easily discovered this data, data that originally should not have existed, and we are about to see the results of that. Okay, so our genes, right? You have the cell, cells of your body, and then mm -hmm. the, the, the nucleus. The nucleus. In the yeah. nucleus, this is where your DNA is at. Yep. DNA is inside of genes that are inside the nucleus of each cell in mm -hmm. your body that makes up you. And, you know, most people know that DNA is like kind of the, the blueprint or the building block of right. who you are, right? It, it contains the instructions. If you there. ever watched uh, Jurassic Park. Yes. If you watch <laughs> Jurassic Park, you know at least that much. Yes. Now, um, essentially what it has is the data necessary for protein synthesis. Mm. However, uh, those, so when you pull out like a strand of DNA, right? Like people know what the double helix looks like. Yeah. Um, what happens is you have... Um, these, these molecules that come in and they attach to that, that strand of DNA and they start to copy the data that's on it. Yeah. Um, so that they, it can then be used to, uh, uh, for protein synthesis inside of, of the nucleus of the cell. Mm. 
Um, however, along that strand, right, there are blocks of it, I'll call it that, or sections that are called exons and sections of that DNA strand called introns. Mm. The exons are the portions that have necessary code or data for protein synthesis. The introns are these strands that don't have anything that we are aware of that is useful for anything. Hello, this is me, post-production, making a quick addendum to this point that I made about introns being junk DNA. Uh, some of the research I was looking at during, you know, the preparation for this podcast was outdated. And so while for a long time introns were looked at as junk DNA that were simply spliced out, you know, during this process of uh, copying the data into RNA, uh, messenger RNA, the mRNA that is then carried on, you know, so that protein synthesis can occur in the cell. Um, that was mostly just not, you know, scientists not understanding like what role introns might play because it was difficult to determine. So in the time since then, right, since the research I was looking at was published, it seems that scientists have been able to identify cases where introns are playing some kind of role in maintaining successful transcription and processing of RNA. They also have been observed to have a role in controlling the speed of gene expression. So I'm not a molecular biologist. I'm not going to bother going into more detail on that. I'm more just correcting myself here in, in um, the claim that I was making that we don't know what introns do. There's still a lot of research to be done in this area. We're not like super certain about it, you know, in terms of how many functions or, or what that that code in the introns uh, might be doing. But um, it's no longer in like the current science considered junk DNA like it used to be, um, where we have no clue what it does at all. Um, we're beginning to discover some pretty interesting um, functions that are that uh, introns the the data inside of introns uh, can actually serve. So, just wanted to make that correction. Basically, just ignore anything that I say about introns. Uh, you know, us not understanding the purpose of them. You know, moving forward from this point, <laughs> we're probably wrong, but yeah, <laughs> we don't understand right. what they're for because what happens is is that the these molecules come and they copy all of it the exon and the intron information. But then it has to itself splice out the introns so that it's connecting, here's a strand of exon information, here's some intron, and then here's some exon. It's like, we don't need this part. We just need these parts. So it'll go, it'll work to like, sort of like this like little coil happens where the intron is severed and the exon parts are tied together. And then what happens that's, is that the... That's freaking amazing. The this, intron... This is a natural process. Yes, a natural that's process. Incredible. It's happening in you that is freaking in, all the time. Incredible. The intron then is recycled. The mm. matter is dissolved and recycled in the cell. So the nucleic acid. The we, yes. We have absolutely no freaking idea what it is for because it doesn't seem to have any yeah. use at all. Hmm. And the exon is then carried by the messenger RNA to go make proteins. So Sick. what he is talking about here, and this is actually, a, I think what he's trying, I think what 
Soria Saga and Tetsuya Takahashi are trying to do here is to create a relatively accurate biological explanation for uh, this science fiction concept yeah. that memories or important data can be contained in the introns. Ah, uh, sure. Oh, okay. I missed that. I did not get that. Okay, interesting. So interesting. we re-examine this line. I like that. He says, although the nanomachines that he was using before up until now could not or could recombine DNA, they couldn't uncover any information in the intron, which are located in the replacements of the double helix. Mm. So he's like, my nanomachines couldn't recover any useful data from introns. Mm. These nanomachines from Emeralda were able to uncover data from introns. And I'm about to find out what the results are right now. Wow. That's, that's cooler. It's way cooler. <laughs> it's cooler than it was when I, when I played the game. It's actually real, a pretty freaking sweet idea. Huh. The idea that Takahashi here is trying to use this concept we don't really understand, these introns in our mm -hmm. body, what are they for? It's this like is a hypothesis. The collective unconscious is sure. stored in the introns of our DNA. Right. That's what he's getting and at. And it's passed down and it's forever. Right. Yeah. Or memories from past lives or whatever. Mm -hmm. Right? Is, is inside of that intron information that, as far as we understand, it's useless. The body isn't using it. Right. But there's maybe some kind of other spiritual connection or something like that there, mm. right? Something That's connected to the soul. Okay. I took it initially, I took it as being more like being overly technical. Like yeah. my Techno initial babble. thinking is like, hey, <laughs> let it suffice that, that we're in a magical world and you don't have to explain everything. Yeah. Um, that explanation's fascinating though. It's that is fascinating. freaking awesome. Yeah. So then he pulls up on the screen what they found. What he found is what he calls the Eurobolus ring. It's this big ring that comes up on the screen. Well, I have a, a mistake there. Go for it. So it should not be Ouroboros with an L. It should be Ouroboros. It should be spelled O-U-R-O-B-O-R-O-S. Ah. So Ouroboros. It is, according to Eric Neumann, who we mentioned last episode, the fundamental symbol of humanity, of mm. all mankind. The Ouroboros is the snake eating its own tail. Yes, right. And that is found in ancient Maya, ancient Inca, ancient Egypt, Ancient India, sort ancient of a symbol China. Of infinity, right? Yes, it, well, it's <clears throat> where the infinity symbol comes from. It's the snake consistently chasing its own tail. Yeah. And the idea was, you, you the old cartographers and people would, if you've ever seen an old old map, you'll see snake monsters at the at the around the borders of the known world, right? And mm -hmm. it's usually the water. So out in the ocean, over here there'd be monsters, kind of thing, right? Yeah. You're off the edge of the map. That's the idea. So um, it was the snake, and specifically they began to draw the Ouroboros, signifying that we're within the Ouroboros, everything within here is the known, what is without is the unknown chaos, right? It's kind of a, an explanation of the conscious versus the unconscious, but in cartography, right? Sure. Like the idea being that this stuff is just everywhere. But the Ouroboros symbolizes infinity, it also symbolizes death and rebirth, because it's not just the snake consuming its own tail, it is also, if you've ever seen, have you ever seen a video of a snake shedding its skin before? Yes. So it does it through the mouth. And it, it's like crazy. the mouth opens, and it, it, if, if you don't know what you're looking at, you would think that it's a new snake emerging from the old, the old snake's mouth, mm -hmm. right? So snakes had that, um, this regeneration kind of theme was applied to them by all the humans ever, saying snakes are a symbol of 
resurrection, of rebirth, of all this mm, kind of stuff, right? Gotcha. You know, Christ, or, well, would it be Christ? I, in the New Testament, they would say it's Christ. In the Old Testament, they would, just Jehovah, I guess, has is the symbol of the brazen serpent, right? Which is right. being a serpent just in general uh, yes. is an interesting concept given that the serpent might represent maybe Satan. But um, in this case, it doesn't it's always. It's a symbol of rebirth. It's a symbol of rebirth, and that would just be another connection towards. But the Ouroboros has that kind of symbol. And it is like considered the fundamental symbol of, of all of humankind. It's also, this is uh, something that I thought of as I was listening to Eric's book. It's not something he mentions, but um, it is fascinating that a human embryo is basically that shape. In fact, the embryo of anything, when it's the size of a button, when it's this big, mm-hmm. it's in that fetal position and its head and its tail are, are curled and touching, right? And so it's this like image of the forever whatever, anyways. So the Ouroboros is considered the, the embryonic stage of, of humankind going okay. all the way through. So, so that's important because of what, um, what, what he says it means later anyways. So isn't it interesting that Ellie carries in her DNA, within the introns of her DNA, mm. the universal symbol of humanity? Yes, it is very interesting. <laughs> what does that signify? Some, um, what's the word? Um, <laughs> godliness might be the word. Yeah, or, or I'm trying to remember what terms they've used to describe Ellie at this point. I don't want to say this yet if they haven't said it directly to her yet, but okay, I'll just avoid it just in case. Some high potential. <laughs> high, high potential. The, the Ouroboros is encoded into Ellie's DNA as the antitype. He then goes on to make a connection. Oh, one more thing. The Ouroboros is also, it's the snake. It is the snake, the earliest Ouroboros that we've ever seen is from like 5,000 years ago in Egypt, and it is M-H-N. It is Mahan, which in this game they say Mahan. It is Mahan, the snake god of Egypt, that is making that first earliest Ouroboros that that we've discovered. Right, yeah. it's Mahan. Just, just a little. I just something out there that might be connected. So, uh, he makes a connection between Miang and Lacan, and their actions five hundred years ago. He he, he says, kind of mentions it in passing, like, oh, like, you know, this is kind of what was going on with Miang and Lacan five hundred years ago, right? Um, he then determines that. Oh, okay. So he does use it right here. Perfect. He refers to her as the mother. Yes. Ellie as the mother. And Ellie has the Ouroboros. The 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 fundamental, fundamental symbol, of symbol of humanity. Yes, according to Eric She Neumann. is the mother. Yeah. Right? Uh, just think back to references to the mother that have been made in the game. Cool. Um, can do. I'm doing it right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she's the antitype. She carries this ultimate, like, fundamental symbol of humanity in her DNA and the introns. Carlian goes on to say, this is what your genetic exon looked like before replacement. Now, if you remember back to, like, the intro scene of the game, where they're on the Eldridge and all those people are shouting technobabble at each other, mm-hmm. th- one of the operators says something about the exon replacement. Oh, really? Let's oh, see if interesting. I can, like, let's see if I can recall exactly what the line was. It well, been back let me give to you a thought that might be very <clears throat> symbolic here. The embryo of God that is shown at the very beginning of the game is not in an Ouroboros the way that humans are. Yeah. It, the tail is going outward, uh, signifying that it is 
not infinite. Mm -hmm. That would be what I would take from that, symbologically. I missed that um, in episode two. Okay, but it is not an Ouroboros, so it could mean that this god has an end. Omega-1 restarting. Alpha-1 genome restructuring. Confirming exon replacement. Base code 85 million. 100 million. Now, by the way, the DNA writing and rewriting goes way faster than that. Yeah. <laughs> that was like, boop, one little thing at a time. You know? <laughs> and it's like, no, dude, they write the whole strand of like trillions of, of you know, binary. Well, not binary. There's four, right? G-A, G-T-C-A. Does it in like, you know, the split second. And it's like, does it way faster than that? Says, but yeah, look at the tail on the embryo mm -hmm. here. It's not what you would expect for a normal embryo. Uh, a normal embryo, it is not uroboric. Yeah. And she says, confirming exon replacement. So, anyways, Good same stuff. terminology here. He says, this is what your genetic exon looked like before replacement. This is the conceptualized form of the intron which carries information that isn't supposed to exist. Mm. Observe, this is the Uroboros or Uroboros ring, which contains intron information, which only exists in certain, certain people. Uroboros, if we were to uh, anatomize such a thing, wouldn't you be interested in the type of information it would offer to us? So, Yes, indeed. They'd be very interested. Um, he then goes on to say, you haven't changed since then to Ellie. He says, you have not changed since then, just like the other one, Makan. Now say that again. You haven't changed since then, Crowley Just like the other one. Says to Ellie, just like the other one, Lacan. Since when, specifically? I remember reading this, but the he says- The time of Lacan was 500 years then. ago. Sure, so you haven't changed uh, for 500 years. We know years. that Crowleyan was there with Lacan 500 years ago. Yeah. And that Ellie has not changed. And that Ellie looks like Sophia. <laughs> yes. You haven't changed since then, just like the other one, Lacan. Yeah. They even wear the same clothes. They well, that's that <laughs> one is kind of weird. I, I'm gonna talk about I that later. I don't mind it because the pixel art. It would have been hard to understand. Well, this like, is the same person without the same clothes. Down in Zebulum, they showed Faye wearing a lab coat. Oh, it's you're not right. like they haven't showed his, him wearing different ponytail. clothes before. You're right. But. Mm. Um, Anyways, I'll, I'll talk about that later. Fair enough. That particular thing that Lacan wears exactly the same clothing as Faye. <laughs> um, okay, so that's the end of that scene. Anyways, lots of really cool stuff there. Um, and, and once you realize what exon and introns are and their actual function in the body, this is actually a pretty cool science fiction little way of trying to describe the purpose that introns yeah. might have, right? In, in like these special people who are carrying like a, a sort of like twisted concept of the uh, collective unconscious. The fact that these yeah. memories from uh, super, super, super ancient people or whatever are manifesting in people in the current day. The same ideas. Uh, Carl Jung basically created this little like um, ceremony where he, he like offered he created like a totem and offered yes, his own little, you know, like little words and things to it. It was yes. almost like a religious ceremony that was so similar to what like these people on the other side of the world were doing in ancient times that he had no, no knowledge of at the time. Yeah, there were so many in the comments of our, of our last episode, who, or I guess it would be two episodes ago now. Well, no, for them it's not. For for us, what we just uploaded, this is episode thirteen. I'm talking about this is episode okay. sixteen or seventeen right now. <laughs> Anyways, it was Greg Troyan. He was talking about how oh, he had some ideas, he had written some ideas before playing Xenogears or something like that, that ended up being similar 
hmm. to what was in Xenogears and he had never played it before, right? He had some story ideas or whatever that were like similar. And my comment underneath that was, Collective Unconscious! Collective Unconscious! <laughs> that would be, because so another word, well there's also synchronicity, which is which is part of the Collective Unconscious. Yeah. Synchronicity is when people on the other side of the world do the same thing at the same time and Jung says, well, how else do you explain that other than yeah. something's connecting everybody yeah. somewhere, right? Yep. The other one is actually a Hegelian word, which is probably where Jung got some of his ideas from, but it's zeitgeist, right? Yeah. Actually, I don't know if he ever actually said the word, but um, it's attributed to him, the idea of the zeitgeist, right? Yeah. People are people are interested in a thing at a time, and it's the zeitgeist of the world, right? So yeah. your exons contain the, the data you need for protein synthesis for your body to function. But the introns, that's where you're getting your ideas from, from past, from past lives. That's yeah. why people can have this. Anyways, that's the idea I think that they're kind of uh, exploring here in Xenogears. Yeah, is that that, that kind of information is stored in the introns, right? Yeah. Okay. So then well, we get. Did, did we <clears throat> did we get a line at this point? I can't remember where this was. Of 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 um, Krillian saying something along the lines of Miang and Lacan's actions. So this explains Miang and Lacan's actions. Yes. So it's like from Krellian? Mm-hmm. Krellian said that. I, I, I put that Kay. note up here. Yeah. Now, this is fascinating because I took this note here before we discovered other things later on. But my note here read, uh, Miang and Lacan's actions. What? Like, is Lacan still alive? Graph? Question mark. Oh, before you, you put before that note. Before later things happened. Okay, yep. That point was where I started questioning because Miang and Lacan, the only person Miang we've seen planning with something that anybody would be like, oh, so that's what they were planning. It would have to be Graf. Graf, right. Yeah, but he says Lacan. And so yeah. I also started thinking, because I was like, no, no, this isn't in my notes. <laughs> and I kind of, but whatever. Lacan, the last part of his name is Khan. And, and my guess, wait, did we put that in spoilers? I can't remember, because I don't even know. I might even be wrong. I didn't watch the videos, but... Khan could be from Lacan, and Graf could still be Khan. Anyways, I'm just saying. I, I just I thought uh, of that. Okay, as I was so don't worry about that. Okay, that's possibly the most confusing plot point of this whole game. I did not understand it for. It was like impossible. I could I could not figure out all of that that you're thinking of. <laughs> and it's going <laughs> to be Jacques Lacan stuff that will help explain it. Of course. Of course. Once we actually get to the bottom of that whole fetching mess rabbit hole thing, Mm -hmm. which will probably be like five episodes (laughs) in and of itself, (laughs) I'm I'm exaggerating. But (laughs) that thing, I'm just saying, is a very hard part of the plot to understand. It's very difficult. And that's why I was laughing so hard when we're talking about Queen Zephyr being like, uh, and then like Wiseman's like, don't worry, I'm not him. And I was trying to like explain that. And I was like freaking like, this is so confusing because (laughs) it's really hard to understand. (laughs) Well, so so as soon as we learn who the they and him and all those, they start adding new exclamation points for new other things that we now don't understand. And there's a bunch of other this, like quotations. Yeah. I can't think of what they are right now because they're new and I haven't seen them a hundred times the way I saw the other ones. But they've they've just now reintroduced new big questions about stuff now that they yeah. keep putting things in quotes. It's crazy. Yeah, it's 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 hard to wrap your brain around, but you're on the right track. You know what you should know at this point. 
it's 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 really cool that you again you picked it up before they actually revealed it. About Lacan. They say it outright. Lacan is Graph. Like I think Faye says that down in yes, the prison. Yes, when he's in the jail yeah. thing. Yeah. So uh, Graph is Lacan, but yep. how and why and Lacan looks like Faye and all his <laughs> stuff and like who is Khan in relation to all this is so effing confusing that mm. we're not touching that yet. Um, That's funny. Okay, where were we? So this is when we're we're out. We're back to the gazelle, right? Oh and yeah, this we is go when back Satan into the room. Starts to tell us where Satan right? frees Faye. Yeah. Oh wait, no. He no, has no, a conversation with him not first. Yet. First, he tells That's him right. stuff like, "You're dumb." Ah, uh, yes. I yes, hate yes, yes, you. Yes, yes, yes. He goes and, and talks you're to stupid. Faye. Yeah. He, be, yeah, he's being a dick to him. He is again, and he'll say with stuff a purpose, like, um, but, "Like what? Isn't it so much easier to just be told what to do? Why are you being so childish, thinking yep, that you can do other I actually, things you're not told to do?" I took this whole quote down because I just thought it was a really poignant quote. Okay. It's really good. Not because, I just like it. I just like reading it. I just think it's a good piece of writing. (laughs) He says, it's much easier, or sorry, it is much easier to be given a place to belong than to make one yourself. You do not even understand a simple concept like that. Childish ideals pale when placed before reality. And this kind of harkens back to what he said earlier after they were all disgusted after eating the, the Soylent system food. He was like, this is reality, let's go. This is, yes, yes, exactly. (laughs) He's very, um, he's just being really harsh and cold right now. Yeah. This is reality, let's go. (laughs) And then here is like, you know, similar sentiment, right? Childish ideals pale when placed before reality. But actually, many are satisfied with that. Being given one's place frees one from any risks. Misfortunes may be blamed on others. Do you know why people cannot exist alone, but only under some bigger concept such as a group or country? People need a place to go to be themselves. The more stable it is, the more effective it is. The ministry gives them such a place. Under total surveillance, there is no need to bear the risk of maintaining one's own individuality. They simply live under the delusion of being an individual. What could be easier? Facts are facts, so let's just accept them. Uh, it will be easier for all of us. Resistance is futile. It only makes things painful. Now, this is a philosophical no. con, uh, concept yeah. that is very relevant to human nature. You know, we live in what we, what we consider to be a democratic society mm-hmm. where we think we have freedom and autonomy and control yes. of our own lives, yet people tend to really when they get scared, when, when something seems like, When oh, something threatens their security. When there's some threatening thing. Mm-hmm. There seems to be, people really gravitate towards figures. You fix this for us. Mm-hmm. You, there's this almost worshiper uh, of, yep. of certain figureheads. They, they turned to someone else. It's too hard for me to figure out what to do. I'm too scared. It's this, you. Yep. Take control and fix it. And then if things don't work, that person then becomes a scapegoat. Yes. It's their fault. Yes. Right? That's um, uh, that's a theory of uh, Girard, René Girard. Talk about the scapegoat theory, which Christ was essentially a scapegoat. Yeah. Because he's someone we can offload all of our problems onto. Yeah. He deals with it. We don't have to worry about it anymore, right? Yeah. And that's, uh, yeah, that's, that is how humans are. And uh, in, in, in large part, there is some collective unconscious stuff kind of going on there too because when people get in a big group, they start to uh, not 
you, you cater to the least common denominator kind of yeah. thing. People start to move as a group, they act as a group. You know, a subconscious element begins to kind of take over what people will and won't do, right? Yeah. There is no morality. You know, that's how riots start because everyone's yeah. just like, well, I'm just part of this group. We're, we're all acting together. Yeah. Despite not being connected, we're all doing this thing together. And when things happen, we all just kind of do it. And then we, we absolve ourselves of any responsibility. But Jung would say that that, w that is the collective un unconscious going, which is in part why religions even exist. Because you have a place where people can go together and be together and sing a song or something. And just the fact that they're all together doing the same thing. Like, mm -hmm. have you ever been to um, like a musical concert, a big symphony oh, sure. or something, and as soon as that, that song is over and the crowd erupts in, erupts in applause, it's powerful. You aren't yeah. even the one performing. You're just part of the group, mindlessly yeah. listening and clapping. Maybe not mindless, but you know. <laughs> you're just part of the group doing what everyone else is doing, but you feel this power, and there is immense power in tons of people all focusing on the same thing and, and agreeing with each other that what they just witnessed was, was, was good. Our three wins the series. It's Lillard. He got the shot. And it, it almost brings a tear to your eye. It's just yeah. like, my gosh, this is so powerful. And that is essentially a subconscious like element. Yeah, it's almost of, primordial. Yeah, and there's something connecting everybody, you know, in some way. And that he would say that's the collective unconscious. But it's that idea, you know. And it's the we we seem to, people yeah anyway, we seem people to gravitate want, towards that we seem to want to th there's some part of us that wants to think of ourselves as an individual yes as but, unique as but distinct only when things are easy <laughs> in control yes and but yes as soon mm -hmm. as there's pressure applied there is this almost like like primordial part of our unconscious that drives us towards congregating towards yes. Um, and then towards appointing someone yes. to you be the one to like fix this. I, I'm too yes. scared. I'm, I, I, I don't know what to do. Yeah. And that's, it, it's, that's like, it's almost like part of our... right now. <laughs> it like, happens all the all time. All over the world. You're right. It, ha right. It's, it always happens. It happens. Yes. It, it's every era, every time period. It's, it's, that's what it is to be human. Yeah. yeah <laughs> is this is part of who we are. But, and, it, but it's a subconscious level. And there's a... Yes, and there's a almost like a conflict happening inside of us where we want to think of ourselves like this, but mm. we are like this. Yes. And, you know, like what is the best way <laughs> for a society to be structured is a, an argument that's been happening mm -hmm. for longer than any of us, <laughs> you know, even know. Yep. Um, about like how to deal with that particular conflict. Right, and what yep. is like the best way to make humans happy and have a society run correctly? Right. Now, that being said, it, yeah, it's for people to give up part of their autonomy. That's what has been determined. Yeah, for a long time. But how much of their autonomy to give up? That's yeah. Where is that line drawn? Yeah. Or whatever. But it depends on how hard things are. If things are hard, you'll give it all up. Yep. There Just like seems to be. If the, things are easy, then it's like no, I need to keep it. So this does not mean that. Satan actually espouses this particular. It doesn't, but he, but sentiment. what he's saying is still technically true. Like saying it is easier to give a place that to, to belong than to make your own place. Yeah. 
just because it's easier doesn't mean it's what you do. So yeah. like he's giving you true statements technically, like, oh, it's easier to do this. You're so dumb, you didn't realize it's easier to do that. <laughs> like, who says he didn't know what was easy? Like Faye isn't necessarily taking the easy route. Now he's got his scapegoats and he's got his things that he can offload his problems on. Like like when he decided, I'll just follow Bart and do whatever Bart wants. Yes. And that's him absolving responsibility and saying, okay, he if something goes wrong, it's his fault. Yep. <laughs> and so he doesn't have to worry about it. Um, but... Like, and so to some instance, uh, to some extent, that's true of Satan as well. He gets to offload all of his problems onto Satan, and if something goes wrong, it's his fault. Um, but uh, technically, like, he's not doing the, he's not taking the easy road. Yeah. Like, he is taking a hard road. Um, but yeah, so what Satan's saying is technically true. It's just not. I don't know. It's like half truths. He's just using it to break Faye. He's just but trying to yeah. provoke Faye. Exactly. And what he's saying is true. You can't find fault in it necessarily. But it doesn't mean that, that that's what Faye's doing. But yeah. Faye is very, very susceptible to that argument. But yeah, he's just antagonizing he him with this. Him. Yeah. Um, he, he then goes on after, you know, moving past that. And that's 1984 stuff, by the way. Oh. The whole give up your autonomy. Totally. You don't need to be an individual. That's straight up. Yes. Well. So he goes on to continue antagonizing him with this kind of thing, which is what really breaks him. He, he, he tells him he couldn't protect his friends. And he couldn't protect Ellie, who's like the closest person to him. Yes. He talks about how powerless him, yeah. he is. There's yeah. nothing he can do you about any do of anything. it. He's just like, you are powerless. You can't do anything. Just accept it. Mm -hmm. This is reality. Like, it's this easier is... to just let someone else make a place for you to belong. Yeah. All this stuff. And then, and then the lights go out again. Yes. And he says, now we can take our, uh, we can, uh, take our time to talk. Id. Id. I loved that because as soon as he said that, I was like, ah. Oh, this I, is why he was doing this. I had, because even through all this, I was like, Satan is still a good guy. I will maintain <laughs> that Satan is still a good guy. And at that point, though, either way it went, I would not have faulted the storytellers. Uh, if Satan turned out to be a bad guy, I'd say, bravo, well done. They they did a good job. They yeah. did it well. If he turns out to still be a good guy through something, because I kept thinking through all this. I was like, I kept thinking of his wife. Yeah. And I was like, what? Maybe their conversation was her saying, you know what you have to do. Be the bad guy. Satan, stop being so good. Yeah. Take this sword. Kill people. Be a bad guy now. I started thinking that. I was like, maybe, Understand maybe that's what that the woman told him. this is what people really need. Yes, they people really need, need a place to belong in security. Cut Faye's head off. Yes. People need security. Like, right. I started thinking, because they didn't, you know, we don't know their conversation. We just know that she said, do what you, what do, you have to do. do the right thing. Yeah. But what's right is all completely relative. And so if, if he turned out to be bad, I'd have said, well done. They, they just developed his character so well, it could have worked. And if he turns out not to be bad, like, well done. Like, it, it, yeah, it's well it done either, either way. way. But, yeah. but it really had me at that point where it could have gone either way. Yeah. So. Yeah. And it was just so good because at this point, it's, it's right around there when he yeah. says he's talking to it. It's like, that's why On he was being so On the second playthrough, for me, it's like, aha, mm. aha, that was it. On the That's first playthrough, it was like, I, I wasn't really sure. I wasn't putting all this together like I am yeah. now. But, like, <laughs> it was just so like, critical. it was like, that was, that was it. Like, yes. that was the reason for all of this out-of-character sort of uh, behavior he's been doing. Mm -hmm. His attitude towards us, his allowing us to eat the freaking, uh, the, the food, right? The, <laughs> yeah. the soylent, yeah. Um, all that stuff. It's because he he needed he needed for Faith's sake, 
mm-hmm. for Emperor for Kane's faith. sake, yep. for the world's sake, he had to know if id is in control of Fey mm-hmm. or if Fey is in control of id. Like, where is the hierarchy? Where is the base personality? Yeah. Who is the real Fey here? And he had to do all of this to get at id so we could have a conversation with him about that so we could figure it out. And we don't actually get to see that conversation until much later, after they leave, Shav- or yeah, leave Solaris and they're back in Shavat. So we'll get to that in a minute. But it's a really good conversation. My next, next note here says lots of spelling mistakes. Tons of spelling That's mistakes. That's my whole note. They're so I, freaking I didn't many. notice hardly any the whole game up until yeah. basically Solaris. There's and all of a sudden, lot. they're cropping up everywhere. There's a lot. Um, oh, then we get a scene with Ramses, where he comes in after Krellian leaves the lab where, where Ellie's being kept. Mm. Ramses comes oh, in. Oh, like right after each other. Like Curly yeah. leaves, Ramses, and comes, Ramses comes, comes in like one second later. Yeah, he comes in and uh, he's trying to force Ellie to tell him where Faye is. He's really losing it at this point. He's, he's losing touch with his sanity now. Yeah, he can't even say whole sentences. It's like dot, dot, dot in between. He's like, tell yeah. me where he is. So like he's, he can't. Yeah. yeah, he's losing his grip. He's like hurting her and she's like, I don't know. And then she notices that he's taking some kind of drug which she says is a mental stabilizer. So oh. Ramses is like taking a mental stabilizer to keep himself, like some grasp That's on his sanity. Because he is wow. losing I, it. I miss that. Right now. Um, okay. And so like he's, oh, oh God, i got to kill Faye. i got to kill Faye. Where is Faye? So then he leaves and she kind of passes out again. And then we come back to Faye. But Faye is out of the contraption and Bart and Billy are there and Sighton yeah there. everyone's there and he's like so pissed he's gonna like attack Sighton yeah he runs and, Sighton and Billy and Bart and especially Bart's like no it's your mistake like he's the one who helped us and he's not listening to Bart but then mm. Billy explains it yes that and he's was like, great oh really is that right and then Bart gets mad he's like oh so if <laughs> Billy says it you believe him <laughs> I love that I love that good character writing there yeah, good yeah. Uh, character work between uh, the characters but it, you know, Saiten finally comes out, and yes, I'm playing double agent, but yeah. I had to deceive you, mm-hmm. one, because I brought you all here to remove your limiters. Now, this can be a little confusing, because Gaspar claimed to have removed limiters back in but Shabbat. But they said specifically in Shabbat, they said I removed some yeah. limiters. So there, there seems to be two different ones. There's like a physical yeah. limiter, and then a psychological. And, then a psychological limiter. and the psychological one's fascinating, because... What the heck's up with that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, they, he explains. He does. He does, and and it it will enable him to be fearless and courageous against right? the Gazal in particular. Yes. So the the, yeah. the psychological limiters. If you try to directly oppose the Gazal ministry, it will make you hesitant okay. and fearful and like, oh, I don't know if I should be doing this. Mm. And so they place that in everyone's mind, like right at birth. Yeah. So that yeah. so that nobody will want to resist them. Because mm-hmm. there's this limiter in the brain keeping them from doing so that yeah. makes them feel like, oh, I shouldn't be doing that. They they lose their um, their like resolve mm-hmm. like in yeah. the moment where they actually have to face them. Yeah. Right. You know what's good though? This is important because this points towards Carl Jung's general like idea. Well, probably more well elaborated by Joseph Campbell in the Hero's Journey, where it's like the you know you got the in Legend of Zelda you got the Triforce of power, wisdom, courage. Yeah. 
power, some people are born with power, some people are born without it, some people are strong, some people aren't. Wisdom, some people are smart, some people aren't smart, yeah. right? But courage, everyone can be courageous. And yeah. that's why courage is the one that's attached to the hero. Yeah. Because the hero is the one that goes out courageously into the darkness to slay the dragon. And, and it doesn't take as much power or wisdom, but it takes mostly courage in order to do that. And so I find it very fitting that the psychological limiter that has been taken off that they now have is the hero instinct. They now have yeah. what it takes to be the hero. Yes. Whereas they didn't before. And I, I, I like That's that. actually a really good point. It is good. Because at first I was like, oh no, they're going to access their collective unconscious now. <laughs> the psychological limiter's off, but it's not. It's it's courage specifically, which is the hero quality. Now, one thing that Saiten also points out is that Ellie never had that limiter in her ever. Oh, really? He says specifically oh, yeah. that He's Ellie like, she didn't have any. never had an, an, a limiter implanted That's in her right. from the start. Yeah. Um, which he was very fascinated by. He was like, I think he says something mm. like, uh, something that was um, interesting, sorry, what I should say is unusual. Unusual. Is that Ellie didn't, because his, his way of talking is very scientific. Fascinating. And, yes, yeah, but he's like, oh, like, wait, that will make it sound like I think this is a great thing. Yeah, he's trying it's, to be more personal yeah. with his speech. So I liked that. But it, also, they asked us about Faye. said, did you refer yes. to Faye's limiters? And, and he's he kind of like, oh, uh, well, you see. <laughs> now, there's two reasons I can think of for that. One of them yeah. being that, oh, Ellie, um, Ellie did not have limiters. For an inexplicable reason, she didn't even have them. Yeah. So when they say, Satan, did you remove phase limiters? And he's like, oh, well, technically, um, it could be, well, I didn't remove them. He didn't have them either. Right. It could be that. Could be or that. it could be he removed them himself or someone else removed them or no, I didn't remove or them. Or I'm, lying I'm to afraid you. to remove them because of or, what I learned from id. Oh, interesting. See, I don't know what the answer is either, though, because <laughs> I don't remember. Because it could Fair be any enough. one of those things. <laughs> But that's right, because Id's back there. But it's just the courage to face the Gazelle ministry. Yeah. So I'm wondering if... But yeah, I think I think that interpretation, the first one... Yeah. That but he said he, yes. Like Ellie, he didn't have one either. Yeah. But he didn't really want to say that or didn't know how to say it or was starting to. Well, because like, the question was, did you remove them from him? And so he would technically have had to say no, but, but he doesn't have them. It could still work that way, you know. But... They didn't let him respond. He said, ar, 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 argle, bargle. And then, and then like, okay, they cool. moved on to something else. Move on. Which yeah. is kind of interesting given that his he was so timid in his response. Yeah, so I mean, legitimately, I just don't remember like, the answer. And by the way, one, so. I'm still not 100% sold that Satan is a good guy. Um, I'm like 90% sure. <laughs> so it went from like 60 40, he was a good guy. Beginning of the game, it was like 99. Yeah. You know, 60 40 by the time, by the reveal, you know? And then. 90. Momentarily 100%. 90, yeah, for like a, a scene. <laughs> and then things keep happening. I'm like, wait, we still don't know everything. Yeah. He's still got some weird deal with the Emperor. We don't know what's going on. I'm like 90, 90-ish percent. They're still sure that he's good. Okay. Um, and if he ends up being bad, it won't be that bad. It'll just be that him and Kane have a separate plan, you know? Possibly. This was the real bad part. Possibly my favorite moment. Uh, character moment, I guess in the game, but certain, maybe even of any RPG I've played, <laughs> is that Saiten then pulls out his sword, and he's like, oh, I'm yeah. going to start using this now. I, I can no longer pretend, I can no longer... To be uh, the good guy. Uh, or, uh, I can't run away from the responsibility I bear in this, the violence of it. Yes. Right? I, I didn't want to kill, yeah. which is why I fought hand-to-hand -hand kind but of But then he let other people do the killing yes. for him. Yes, he's like, I so can no longer but avoid the responsibility of that. To me... 
this hammered home the Soylent Green thing. Yeah. Where he was like, no, I refuse to eat it. I'm not going to eat it. But after this whole thing happens, after he knows that Fade doesn't pose as big of a threat to his plans as they thought, after everything's said and done, he's like, he's been trying to keep himself pure. I won't eat the Soylent Green. I won't um, kill people. But he, he, after all this is done, he's like, I can no longer avoid pretending like I'm the good guy and letting everyone else be bad for me. Yeah. And I feel like that has a, a reference to the Soylent Green thing, at least thematically in my mind. Yeah. It's connected there where he's like, I can't pretend that just because I didn't eat the Soylent Green that I'm not complicit in what's going on. Like, I, I need to, you know, yeah. I need to fight. It's time, it's time to, yeah, like bear the full weight of the responsibility yeah. along with everyone else. And, and that's the sword his wife gave him. And, right? yes, it's the sword his wife gave yeah. him. And it's freaking awesome because he uses it in battle now. His sprite changes. Yes. All of oh, the death blows the moves he does change are cool. to his sword moves. Yes. It's just so awesome, It's really dude. cool. It's so fetching <laughs> awesome. Sight's the best character ever. <laughs> I loved that moment. And, and just yeah, like fighting cool. battles. Because this game... Um, we haven't talked too much about the gameplay, so not really the purpose of the podcast. Not so much. But, like, I love so many, like, ideas behind this game's combat. I, it, felt, it feels so cool that, like, yeah. they combined, um, like, button combinations, which are kind of like a fighting yeah. game thing, yeah. and worked that into a turn-based battle system. But the unfortunate part of it is that each time you unlock a new death blow, it more or less takes the place of makes the previous, the previous right? ones yeah. irrelevant. I now. hate it. I look at the list. I've got like twelve death blows, like fifteen. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, but I gotta level up these. This ones. one <laughs> is just, just I never strong, use those anymore. This is the new one that's the strongest one yeah. you have. Yeah. And I wish that they they had had time or maybe like the ability to develop it a little further to where Death balls from the beginning of the game could be useful in certain situations. Sure. And you're still using them. Yeah. You know, maybe this paired with this does something. Because there's the whole, um, I don't know if you've even seen this, there's the whole side of it where you can like um, just do an attack or something, but like just one and then like withhold your turn and it builds up a bunch of AP. Mm, right. And if you build the AP all the way up, you can do like several death blows in a row. I have done that before. Yeah, yeah, so you can like death blow combine and then you can do... So if there is a way to like combine death blows into some sort of super death blow <laughs> oh, yeah. or something like that. <laughs> or anyways, just a that way just of making the... it so that each battle is not just you spamming the latest death blow you've, yeah. you've, uh, you've gotten. Yeah. Right? Because it makes the battle system at the beginning of the game really freaking fun mm -hmm. and at the end of the game really freaking boring and monotonous yeah. and tedious. Because there's yeah. no point in not just doing your strongest death blow. Yep. Unless you know this enemy's too weak and this death blow will just get the animation done faster, so I'll just use an early Oh, one. I suppose. Just but save the, a second or two. There's just not a lot of complexity to the battle system after a while, mm -hmm. where it's just like, this is my most powerful move, I'll just use that. Every time, yeah. So, anyways, the point I was going to make with that was, oh, this made combat really fun all of a sudden again because I was like, I gotta see all of yes, all of Satan's new and death now blows. Now you want to go back and look at all of them. <laughs> I gotta see because they're so I freaking have not sweet. Done. I just I haven't gone back. <laughs> oh, that that'll be fun to do though. They're, they they're so cool because all of his moves are different now. All the animations yeah. are different, and he's got all these like cool sword moves and stuff. And it's just like, dude, Satan is the man. He's my favorite character in the game, and like 
he already was, but then like this was just like mm. sh shoot to the moon. It's just way cooler than everyone else. He's more powerful than everyone else on foot. In the gears, it's a different story, but on foot, right, he's right. the most powerful character by far. Sick. And he's the coolest character, and he's freaking wielding a sword now, <laughs> and it's just awesome. So I freaking love that moment. Great moment. Um, so uh, you, they on, oh kind of all come together. You have something at the at the gate thing, right? At the um, we all meet back together at the place. Yeah. So they all kind of come together. There's a room with uh, a blue and a yellow memory cube, and the blue memory cube is what they use yes, now to let you change right. party members. Because it used to be. Um, Margie, so you have to go back to Margie and talk to Margie mm -hmm. yeah. and change your people. Yeah, and she'll do it for you. But and now they have these so. blue memory cubes that allow you to do that. I thought it was strange. It's like, why don't you just like in Final Fantasy VII just put the, in the extra save. menu option exactly. inside of the normal save? Yeah, it's weird because the yellow blocks are are a didactic story element, a, a yes. diegetics not yeah, di diegetic. diegetic story element. Um, the blue ones they kind of work in some idea that that's also diegetic, I guess. Yeah. But but. Um, it's not as much. <laughs> it's <laughs> not, like, no. not the same. And now they're everywhere, which is kind of fun. But. Yeah. Um, anyways, they all meet up together, and um, I think, oh, actually, they might have happened before this. Oh, it is. It does happen before this. Before you meet up together, Saiten splits off from from you guys, Bart and Billy and Faye. Yeah, he's like, pick three, pick three. I people. have to go destroy another gate generator so we can leave. Oh, right. And so he actually goes up and meets with Jesse, and they're kind of in a gunfight yep. by the gate generator. And, and Saiten does what he needs to do to blow up the gate generator, but Ramses comes running in in the middle of this. And he's like, Huga and Jesse, mm -hmm. you guys betrayed me too? Again? Yeah. He, he, this this is double betrayal? Fetching, losing it, because it's just like, you're but on Faye's side? <laughs> when, because remember, when, when Ramses received an order from Satan to stand down, Ramses complied. Oh, right. From Satan, right? That's from, right. From Hugo. Way back in Ave. Yeah. Way back then, because he was clued into some greater plan with the Gazel ministry. Um, but now, so he already felt betrayed by Sigurd, I think. Now he's now he feels more betrayed by Satan. And I don't know if he cared about Jesse much anyways, but... But they were all Elements members they together. They were, they were. Jesse's yeah. just the one that people don't <laughs> seem to have an easier time just saying, right. I don't care about you. Yeah. Not being as friendly with. But yeah, Ramses, man, he's 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 had it rough. That's, but it, but it's kind of his own grave that he's done. That's for a himself. great point to bring up, is that Ramses might have Ramses been clued gave in, in stuff for Satan. Yeah, he might have that been clued in to some him. degree that Huga, as he would know him, is yeah. higher up and is like really close with the Gazel Ministry and with Cain in particular. Yeah. So if he is telling me to do something, he's on the side of Solaris. Like right. he's on my side. As much as I might have some resentment toward him about how when we were elements at one time and maybe he left in circumstances that weren't great or whatever, it's not like Sigurd, where Sigurd like defected. He yeah. still thinks Huga is on Solaris' side. Yeah. So this might have been he a really shocking like, thing for him. I think him, it was. Where it's like, wait a second, Huga, what are you doing? Because yeah. he, he talks about betrayal. He, talks, he says, you're a traitor. And that's the exact same thing yeah. he said to uh, Sigurd. And... It's so funny. I think he did. I think he felt like Satan was on his side the whole time. And yeah. he even gave concessions. He didn't kill... Well, I don't know that he knew about Faye at the time, though. It was when he had first seen him, so he started to have suspicions. He was thinking. And he was chasing after him. And he didn't do that and because was, Satan... Because Satan called him off. And, and he, now he, he trusted in him he that he it. had a, some sort of plan yep. from the higher-ups, his higher-ups, 
Yeah. And he's realizing now, like, wait a minute, you've been on Faye's side this whole, this time. whole time. You, traitor, everyone is freaking traitors. Yes, he everyone says that. is everyone, betraying me. Betraying I'm going to freaking kill all of you. <laughs> he's losing it. This totally is unraveling. Yeah. This is reality. It's what we should have said. This is his reality. This is like, car, this is reality. Car, Let's go. Turn and leave. Let's go. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, anyways, he stands there in the middle of an explosion that he survived somehow. They don't bother explaining it. Oh, great, of course. Because it's all blowing up. Like, the gate the whole thing and, and just crashes Ram's to the just ground. Standing there like, and he explodes, and not a scratch on him. He gets out somehow. But wow. Whatever. He's a cool guy. He's, he doesn't have to look at explosions. Um, <laughs> so, you make your escape. Uh, Ellie's well, parents come along. Oh, yeah, that's right. And they show up at the dock, mm-hmm. like when we all meet up at the dock. It's like, all right. Um, you know, they're coming with us. They're, they're basically traitors to Solaris now, too. Yeah. Um, and then uh, her father leaves to go grab his gear, I think. Yes. And so he separates for a bit. You're walking towards the bridge. I think this is the same bridge, or at least one that's similar, to where they had a flashback with Sigurd, Sigurd and Ramses when yeah. Sigurd defected okay, sure. and left. I think it's it that same bridge. Same. So they're coming. This is like the exit of Solaris. They're about to get out. And then Hammer pulls out a gun. <laughs> yeah. And he takes he takes Ellie. Ellie, yeah. And he's like, I'm serious. Like, I'll shoot her. Like, don't come any closer, right? Or I don't think he's pointing it at them, maybe not at her. He's pointing it at them. Mm, or yeah. anyways, either, either way. One, it's one a hostage thing. situation. And Faye's kind of also being like, Why are you being silly? Like they're not taking Hammer seriously. Yeah. And this, like I've been saying, is like his whole anagram fear is mm. worthlessness not feeling like he can perform. Yeah. And like every time he, taken seriously. he came around, yes, no. he was trying to demonstrate his worth. Mm-hmm. Look what I did, bro. Check out, I got the information he wanted. Mm-hmm. He was trying to be useful. Oh my, I shot that gear out of the sky. Did you see that? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then Rico came in immediately, like just freaking beat him up and just like didn't yeah. acknowledge his usefulness. Mm-hmm. And it's been eating at him the whole time. And it's getting worse and worse and worse. He's feeling less and less and less useful. And like I said last time, he doesn't even get a hologram. He's there. He mm-hmm. infiltrated Solaris with the whole party. Mm-hmm. He is with us. They, he doesn't have a spot on the hologram. Mm-hmm. Um, he basically just feels like a third wheel or even worse. I guess, there, I don't know how many party members there are, but not third wheel. But he, he's not useful. He's not special. There's nothing about him that makes him stand out. He can't help. Uh, he just feels like he's being drug along. And so Crowleyan took advantage of that. Yeah, when did that happen, by the way? I can't uh, think of when. They would have been captured. So oh, Bart okay. and the whole party would have been captured. While they're in prison. And I'm sure they would have been interrogated during that you know, space of time. Yeah. And so Crowleyan probably would have come to Hammer and figured out how yeah. he could use him. And probably said, hey, Hammer, you're useful. Mm-hmm. You're or useful to I me. I can make you yeah. powerful. Sure. I can uh, give, I can offer you something that would make you special. Mm-hmm. And that's what Hammer kind of alludes to in this. And he doesn't want to hurt anybody. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want, he doesn't want to hurt Faye or hurt Ellie or anybody. He just, if I take Ellie back to them, you guys go on. If I take Ellie back to them, then Krellian will, you know, do this for me. Right, the one thing that he wants is to mm. be worth something and to be useful. And he thinks that this might actually work. Yes. It's almost like really 
pitiful. It's really pitiful. <laughs> that he's like, oh, you guys know, you guys will be fine. Just yeah. go. Because there's a part of him, there's part of everybody, but there's a part of Hammer that just really cares about himself yeah. and would assume that other people, no, you're, you're fine. I just need her. Yeah. Like, you guys go. Go escape. I'm not going to hurt you. And it's like as if like that would work. Yeah. <laughs> like to any normal very person. Very naive, you know? right. But uh, he thinks that it'll work. Yeah. So he really covets that power that Corellian's going to give to him. And he says, I'm different from you all. I'm not special like you. A normal guy like me has no choice but to do this. And he expects that we understand him. He expects that we will, as opposed to him being a hero and saving her and saving everyone and being part of this group, it's, no, I need to be special. I Mm. want to be special too. Don't you guys get it? This is the only way I can be special. Like, don't you feel bad for me? Yeah. It's like really pathetic. (laughs) And uh, I really like the way that Ellie's mother handles the situation. Oh my gosh, me too. It's so beautiful. No, to me. and I, re- I, I feel for that. Yeah. Like it, it made sense to me. Like mm-hmm. the way she reacts here is like, yeah, that, that's probably how I would react too. And yeah. and the the words that she has of like, um, like I'm not, I'm not thinking about what's going to happen if I do this. Yeah. I'm just doing it because I know I have to do it. Mm-hmm. It's like you turn off your brain and you just do what you know you have to do because. What else? What are you going to do? Not do it? Like, yeah. you have to do it. And yeah, it's scary and it's weird, but you have to do it. And I, I feel like I've been in situations like that in the past. Yeah. Where it's like, well, like, here goes nothing. I, I don't know what's going to happen, but I have to do it. So here I go. Yeah. And I'll hope for the best. Yeah. Yeah, it's and very motherly. It's, it's very it's, beautiful. It's like, he keeps telling her, stop. Like, don't come any closer. He's like, I'm not going to stop. Yeah, this that's is my daughter, daughter and that's, she's in trouble, and I, I don't care what it takes. I'll yeah. do whatever it takes. But there's this, this very calm. Yes, very way calm. of doing it. Even though she says, "I'm shaking." I'm, yeah. Of course, I'm afraid. I'm horribly but afraid, but there's not no way I'm going to stop. Yeah, what else am I going to do? Stop? Yeah. And it's just it's really good. And so she essentially calls Hammer's bluff in mm-hmm. the moment, and he she almost gets away with it because she's like, "All right, Ellie, everything's okay now. I just don't... walk back over there." And, yeah. and, and Hammer is obviously really struggling with, I had hoped that just the threat of violence would have mm-hmm. been enough to get what I wanted, but now that I have to actually do it, am I actually willing to do it? Yeah. And it isn't until Ellie actually goes to the other side that Hammer makes that choice. And then he runs away immediately. It's like... Yeah. Because he wasn't prepared. It's weak. He wasn't emotionally prepared yes. to do it. Yeah. He had really hoped he wouldn't have to do that. Right. And when he actually did it and he saw the consequence, he couldn't handle it. And he just, and he just runs away. Yeah, that sounds right for his character. Because he's a coward. Yeah. So, really sad moment. <laughs> it was. <laughs> it's really sad. Because in some way you do feel for him, but at the same time... It's not excusable. I like to think that that's never an option that I would ever put on the table, you know? Yeah. You know, we don't know ourselves perfectly. And so, but. Ellie's mother is shot. She's screaming. And then Graf and the Executioner. The last time we saw this character was when... In Kislev, right? In Kislev. Yeah. When, they, when she met with She Sigurd. wasn't called the Executioner no, at the they time, didn't, though, right? No, they didn't call her that. And so we didn't have a name for this character, really. I think you don't see it until you're in battle. It's like you can select, and it says mm, Executioner. Yeah. Anyways, this is Miang. Yeah, um, as we find out later. Yeah, you'll see it right after the scene's over. But I don't know exactly why she had to be masked, but... I don't either. Other than, other than even in Kislev, I don't know why. Uh, maybe, maybe she's trying to 
It's actually because we knew it was Gebler, anyways. It's like okay, well, who cares if it's Miang or not? Like I, don't I know. wonder if she's hiding that fact from Graf. Oh, because she unmasks that's herself. That's why she wears them. She only unmasks herself in front of Krellian. Does Graf not know who she is, and they're fighting together? I don't know. That's interesting. I'm actually really kind of confused on this point. That's right possibly now. the only answer that I would accept, <laughs> because otherwise, because Graf really doesn't trust Miang. They, You're right. But they are kind of working together because they, they have a together. common goal. And it was even don't. referenced earlier. Oh, is that what Lacan and Miang are up to? Yeah. Right. The, so people know that they're doing th stuff together. Some people know. Ramses, I think. Oh, I think I just thought of it, but I'm not going to say it yet. Fair enough. Anyways. It's a question I have. Whatever. You fight against Graf and the Executioner, who is Miang. It's actually a really cool boss fight. Um, yeah. It's tough. Very tough. Um... You gotta. You really should go after Miang or Executioner first because some of those moves are devastating. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but um, Graf has some cool like Kai Blast moves. It's a fun fight, um, and where, that's the last boss fight of Disc One. Yeah, where's the line about how Faye used to work for Graf before Lahan? After this, that was after. Okay, mm -hmm. so um, it's kind of when he's putting together in the prison all the Faye's. Personality, disassociative identity okay, disorder. Fair He's explaining that all in Shabbat. In Shabbat, that makes sense. So, um, <clears throat> uh, Ellie's father, Eric, tries to arrive to help them in the gear. Yeah. And uh, executioner kills him. Yeah, and it's one of those scenes again where he's like, "Run, run! I'll buy you time," and they don't run. Nope. And then he dies, and then they're still there. And then, <laughs> and then uh, Ellie starts to kind of glow with a light. Yes, blue light. Yep. A blue light. A blue light, correct. And um, what does the executioner say in response to that? He says, oh, this much um, ether, what was it? Um, what's the word? Oh, to have that much ether control yeah. in a non-awakened state. Yeah, because she's Impressive. not reverted to the one that killed all those people back yeah. three years ago. Oh, I also forgot to mention this. When Ellie's mother dies, she's, her last words are, Ellie, your, uh, oh no, this is a father. Her father says this. Ellie, you're Medina's daughter, my daughter, no matter what. Mm, That's his last go. words before he's killed. And he's, it, it, that could be read two ways. If you don't have perfect works, it's still kind of left ambiguous. Mm -hmm. she yeah, because really it's like, consider she was, she was your mom, even though she wasn't. Yeah. Just, just, just she was basically yeah. your mom. Just deal with it. She's, yeah. she's, she's your this mom. Is, she's this your is real reality. Mom. This oh is, I, I guess, maybe the yeah. conundrum a lot of like adopted kids might have. Like, you know, sure, yeah. Are you really my mom? You adopted me? Yes, I'm always your mother. In the end, it's always like, but yes, you are my real mom, even though you're not biological. But that's, in that's this usually case, usually the conclusion, yeah. With perfect works as a guide for this part, no, you literally are. Okay. Like no matter what you believe, no matter what you've been told, no matter what it might seem like based on how you look, mm. you are our daughter. I promise. <laughs> mm. So, <clears throat> yeah. Cool. The reason she looks different is because she's the antitype, not because she's not there. Biological body. Now, how did you feel mm. about the father coming, showing up, and then immediately dying um, right after the mother had basically done the same thing? I guess I didn't think about it too much. Did it seem... Well, the mother was so powerful. It was so yeah. good. It worked, and it was very sad. The father it was, wasn't too, as impactful. but it was like, oh, we just were barely introduced to these characters, 
and they're throwaway characters. There and could now they're exposable, and okay, we have no use for them now, so now they're both. But I, I would prefer that one lived and then died for her a little bit later. It was weird that they both died for her at different times right there on that dock at the same place. It diminished the impact a little bit well, that it this could, could have be otherwise had. related to the repetition I've talked about in the past, right? You repeat yeah. something. Exactly. It has it's less It's like, no, my mother just died. No. Okay, two minutes later, no, my father, no. Yeah. And it's the, like, there's a, not as powerful as the first one. It's the law of diminishing returns, right? So exactly. The more you repeat a thing, the less impact it has. It could be that. It's like, you just had this great That's probably mother it. death scene. That's what it felt like for like me. Right on the back of that. It's just, yeah. the second time is not the sin. It's the third time. But yes. the second time certainly The third would have been comical. <laughs> the second time was enough to diminish it, though. Yeah, somewhat. Somewhat. I, I, I think you're right about that. Um, okay. So even despite the fact that Ellie has this blue light that comes on and, mm -hmm. and, and the executioner is all impressed by the level of ether control in a non-awakened state, um, still has more power over them and sort of like starts electric shocking everybody. Yeah, and yeah, that was kind of crazy. Faye is looking around and this is where he breaks and Id emerges. Yeah. And uh, Id basically destroys Solaris. The entire <laughs> place. It's because they mention, oh, the, the, um, the destruction, what's the word? The, the um, calamity, the... De not the demon. It was Elru, but the oh, thing the that they rep that Elru, they mentioned. The demon of Elru. Yeah, but they mentioned the the. Oh. Well, maybe it was actually Graph. I think we learned that it was actually Graph, but the the great destruction of Elru. Yeah, of, there's a but, word they use. But yes. I, I thought there was a different place of a different time, but um, yeah, essentially we get to see what it was like when yeah, when it when destroyed an entire nation. Yeah, was, <laughs> Yeah, because, uh, and this is revealed a little later too, Elru was um, rebelling against yes. Solaris. Yes. And that was the reason it was destroyed. And, and they Dominia employed, came from there. Yeah, Dominia is from Elru. Is from the people, mm -hmm. yeah, from there. And so, yeah, so they just, just used id to like, as as an atom bomb, as you've, yes, you've as a new pointed bomb. out a few times, <laughs> to just like wipe Elru off the freaking face the of the planet. Thing. But it was id who did it inside of the, the red gear, right? Yeah. So that's essentially what happens to Solaris right here. Right there. It's <coughs> taken right out of the sky and crashes down to Earth. But the Gasol Minister is still alive, so I guess they weren't in Etronunk. Yeah. But I guess not because that whole place another, got blown up. This is another plot point that I don't necessarily remember the answer to. Well, because Lacan's there with the Gazelle in that cube room, right? When yes. we see him and we're talking to him and he'd betrayed us, he's in the room with the Gazelle in that weird floaty ball, right? But it's almost like... Like remember back Was he when green screen. Remember, <laughs> <laughs> remember back when um, Kane was talking with Saiten in his little like Fey painting yes, dreamscape in the world. Weird, we see that again. And then and then and then he goes, wait a second, and it's like we're not seeing something, but he's like, oh, the elders are doing something. It's yes, like and it's then like he Kane teleconferenced in. isn't really there with Saiten. They're having some kind of like yes. telepathic communication. But he also wasn't there with the Gazel Ministry. He teleconferenced in on the screen. Yeah. So how did he? I wonder if there was like a messenger who had, was talking wherever he actually is. Hmm. I don't know, dude. <laughs> I don't know where the Gazel Ministry is stored. I don't know where Kane is. Well, they're not in Etronach the way I'm I thought they were. I'm guessing they're not in Solaris. 
All right, so Miang takes off the mask. She is the executioner. Yes. And then Krellian's standing next to her, and yeah. I second guess my graph idea at the moment, thinking that Krellian was graph, because she's standing next to Krellian, and she unmasks, giving me the assumption that Krellian yeah, was where graph. Did, where did Graf previously unmask? Yeah, we hadn't seen He just that. disappeared. He's just gone. Because Krellian's there where they Graf was. They skipped ahead, because it's like Faye went like, oh. but they didn't show his transformation at id. They didn't show, they show it after this scene. Yeah, they show it afterwards. And yeah, it's Krellian cool. is there with her, and it's like, wait, what happened to Graf? Yeah, it's like, is like, Graf, because then Miang shows up as Miang, and it's like, okay, maybe Krellian's Graf, but that's yeah. not how it ends up being. But some of the dialogue here is important stuff. Ooh. So Miang says to Krellian, I don't think he'll get off the stage easily this time. Sight mm. ends up using, yeah, Sight yeah. ends up using this terminology about the stage. In like the later scene, the consciousness, after this, the front, yeah, yeah. So it's like which consciousness is on the stage currently, or yeah. which personality. So she's talking about id here. I don't think he'll get off the stage easily this time. So id just blew up Solaris, and it's like okay, he's in pretty firm control now. His power is mm-hmm. astronomical. You know what's weird though? They aren't that concerned. And that's part of the dialogue here, is like, yeah, even though the whole plan is going to crap and didn't work at all, like, they're okay with it somehow. It it's, may, it's very it interesting. still kind of be part of the plan. It's definitely okay. not part of well, but the they Gazzle say Ministries specifically, plan. I but swear that they say specifically, like, yeah, even though our whole, our whole plan is shot, why are you still happy? Something like that. I can find that real quick if you want to read. Um, so she goes on to say, Faye's mental energy seems to have been weakened. And it's similar to the old days now. His feelings haven't changed over the years. Maybe you have mixed feelings. Hmm. So, God, this is so confusing. She's talking about Faye as if Faye knew, uh, you know, Faye's feelings haven't changed over the years. Maybe your Krellian. So Krellian and Lacan were seen together, and Lacan looks exactly like Faye. <laughs> Yes, exactly. Um, but we also know that Lacan is graph. So. Yes. And so <laughs> that's... Um, Anyways, that will be cleared up later. Very interesting. But that, well, That's my note here where I say, um, what, graph is Lacan? I wonder about that. How I wonder how we exist at the same time as Lacan but still have his memories. It's, it's super confusing. That's but, the question. Can you be a legend and still alive at the same time? Yeah. Um, so anyway, she's just talking to him as if, you know, like, how are you dealing with this emotionally? The fact that you knew these people before or have an attachment to them or something like that. And Krellian says, how can you continue to fight without a chance of winning? Now, when I first read that, I was like, is he talking about them? Or is he talking to her? Or is he talking about Faye? How can you, meaning how does Faye or their party, continue to fight without a chance of winning? Oh, that's it. I took right? that wrong then. I took yeah, that wrong. Yeah, I did too. The way it's written, it's almost like he's talking to her. How can you continue to fight without a chance of winning? Yeah. It's like, why would... Wait, wait, he doesn't really believe that. He doesn't that, believe that. That's what I was just now referencing to. Yeah. Okay. I think what he means is he's speaking... Is it... 
He's speaking yeah. to her about it's them. Just, how can you continue? How can you continue to oh, fight with that? So a it's a theoretical women? you. Yeah. How, th- this is why. So yes. Japanese does this a lot. So yes. have you ever wondered why the Confucian, um, like the Confucian ideas of like one must not do what one thinks one should do yes. for one's own sake? Yes. Why they use the word one? Yes. It's because of the of the omitted subject. Yes. So all they're saying is that should should things be done in this order? But then you you. You take the proverb and you say, should you do things in the order you're doing yes. them, right? You put the you in, but it's not you, it's just general you. Yeah. So then yes. the best, and it's actually a decent substitute for how weird the Asian languages are in English. Um, it's a decent substitute to just say one. One cannot do what one thinks. What yes. what the real sentence is, is um, it uh, what, one, uh, what, what is thought should not be done, period. Yes. But then to translate English, that's weird. So you say one should not do what one thinks. So you say one instead of you or they or yes. anyone or anything. This like would that. make way more sense if you yeah. said how so can one how continue can one to fight continue to fight without a chance? Of exactly. Okay. Now, now you know why the Confucius stuff <laughs> says one over and over and over and why it's weird. So Miang says, "Isn't that what you want?" Thought I induced. Uh, oh, though I though sorry I said I wrote that wrong. Isn't that what you want? Though I induced you to feel that way. But we're mm. almost there. Our only actual example of success. Let's take good care of him. I am so um, confused by that, but I'm supposed to be, is my guess. They're using. Yeah. They're still using. But it's a, interesting. It's interesting. So yeah. they are. Yeah. They've still. They're got, still in control. So they're still. They've had a success. They see what's happening as maybe not a total success, but yeah. the what they still, really care about. The important thing of what they care about. Is is a success, and they're like, good. Yeah, and this was also, worth the sacrifice. Also keep the whole in mind, freaking city. Also keep in mind this: earlier, Saitan referenced that Krellian was working. They were doing genetic yes. experimentation to try to return humanity to a specific like state, right? Mm-hmm. Like the a heightened, or there's a certain evolutionary state they're trying to push humanity into. Okay. And he's like, I wonder how the nanomachine technology will help him do that. Hmm, he right. was concerned about that. Mm, yes, I remember that. That was a little bit ago. Right. I remember that. So that's what Crowleyan's doing. And so when she's talking about, you know, uh, our only actual example of success, and I induced you to feel that way, things like this, right? Crowleyan and Miang are working together on that that type of thing. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah, the Krellian leaves off by saying... to feel that way. Krellian leaves off by saying what her true intentions are, I don't even know. Regarding Ellie, I think. Anti-type. Okay, anyways, we're going to have to rush a little bit through this next part. The Japanese doesn't say anything about being induced, but, you know... Oh, okay. That's possible. She said, though I did that, something like that. So isn't that what you wanted? Though I'm the one that did that, dot, dot, dot. That's the Japanese. But it still could read induced. It's just kind of a funny word. Interesting. Okay. All right, let's move on. Um, Okay, so you escape, and Id is still active, and he confronts, or Ellie goes out to confront Id. Yeah, And she sort of pulls Faye back out. And uh, Satan tells her not to go, but he's like, it's dangerous, and she's like, yeah, I know it's dangerous. It's kind of like what the mother thing that had happened. She's like, yeah, yeah. but what am I going to do? Like, I have to go do it. 
Ellie or, or Miang says here, I don't think he'll get off the stage easily this time. Mm. Id has more or less full power now. Because remember in yeah. the scene that follows this when we actually get to see Sidon's conversation? Mm-hmm. Id says, I could break out of this and kill you right now. But and, he's like, and, well, and he's like, well, you? why don't you? And he says, well, it's because if dun, you dun, exert dun, yeah. too much energy, right, and you weaken yourself, then Faye takes Faye back takes over, back over mm-hmm. again. And that's why you won't do it. She's saying... Id will not take this. Will not leave the stage easily this time. Id is getting more and more control, mm-hmm. and that is what has suppressed his power up till now. Now he's almost at full power. He's destroying all of Solaris. It's like, mm-hmm. woo, his, his power level is almost at full, and he's able to exert that much power without losing the stage. It's only Ellie who's able to bring Faye back in that moment, and she almost dies doing it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So. Really nice little scene where it was almost a reverse of earlier when she had drive and Faye was like, mm, no, and he was that's holding, right, that's he was right. holding Ellie you're down. Right, like, it's no, a reverse. you're not this person. Yeah. Come back. And now she's doing the same That's a cool thing him. they did there. Look at yeah. that. That's cool. She, she kind of grabs, so she, uh, Id comes up yeah, and like. They both grab each and, other's and like she heart. Holds it feels like him. they're holding each other's heart. That's yeah. the imagery. And they either, each of them could squeeze, but the other one would die kind of thing. Yep. Yeah, uh, that was. You're right, and then she pulls him in. She pulls him first, I think. Yeah. Or no, maybe he. He, he grabs her, but then but she then like she pulls locks him in. That's him right. In, and That's she right. starts talking to him That's like, "Faye, come back." Great scene. Yeah, great well scene. Done. That's a reverse from the one earlier, and Faye comes back, right? But now yeah. it's like, okay, what do we do with Faye? Everyone knows Faye's id now, and it's like, uh, shoot. So they're gonna go back to Shavat, and they're gonna make a decision about. Yeah, that. and Zephyr is like, basically everyone agrees with Zephyr when they're in the rational place of like, oh yeah, everyone agrees, like, yeah, we can't, we can't let him, you know. But secretly inside, they're like, no, he's our friend, like, we're, we're sticking with him. Yeah. But out, outwardly, in front of Zephyr and everybody, they're like, oh, of course not, of course, of course, he should be put in jail forever. Yep. Yeah, I thought um, that was pretty good, actually. But before then, uh, Saiten explains all this stuff about Id. Yeah, so when he first, their conversation, mm. we, we get to read that whole conversation with Id. And so, that is fascinating, although I don't get how Satan took from that conversation that Id is not a threat to, <laughs> to, to well, the I, Emperor. I, I'm going to tell you why. Okay, good. I'm going to tell you why. So <coughs> basically he, re- he reiterates a conversation he had with the Emperor, where uh, the Emperor calls Faye the contact again. Yes. Confesses that... Um, or Saiten confesses that he was sent to monitor Faye and whether he's a threat to the world or not. There's a, some dialogue from the Emperor where he says, Ananelbi, which is, again, mistranslated or mistransliterated. The, what it should be is Ananerbi, which is German, I think, and it means ancient heritage. Mm, okay. Hmm. So it should be uh, or on Ananerbi, Ananerbe. I don't know how to pronounce it. I don't know. But that's a German word, I believe. Ananerbe. And um, it means ancient heritage. So when Cain says that, he's basically saying, I'll just say ancient heritage. You think you can do it, he's saying to Saiten. Saiten says, yes, um, humans have the potential. Managers are no longer needed. Mm. And Cain says, the contact is not our enemy. Then I leave it up to you. I atone for my crime by doing so. Yeah, that's fascinating. Uh, but he's Cain, so I can guess a little what his what crime his might crime be. might have been. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's all good. Yeah, so we'll learn more about that later. Okay, <laughs> so then we come back. Uh, oh, Saiten is talking to Jesse and Sigurd on the bridge of the Yggdrasil, I think, and he's used that word again, and an LB. 
the long-awaited man of God who will take the people born in this world with him to a new horizon. Such is the destiny of the contact. That is what the emperor called Fay. So Fay wow. is this destined Ananelbi, or Ananerbi, the German word, right? He inherited. So a man of God who yep. will take the people born to the world, born in this with world, him with to him a to a horizon. new horizon. Such is the destiny of the contact. Which is Fay. Yep. Um, he confirms so. her that Fay uh, is not only the one who destroyed Elru and sank the Yggdrasil, but was also the one who killed Rico's guys in the sewers. Yes, so Rico's you, not happy about if that. If you hadn't <laughs> picked up on that earlier with the yeah. red and the green tint, right, it's confirmed here. It's confirmed here. That Rico's guys were killed by Faye in the sewers. That's what happened back in Kislev. He turned into it and killed those dudes. Uh, he says that Faye has disassociative identity disorder and that he worked with Graf as an assassin before he arrived at Lahan. And Graf was intentionally provoking the manifestation of Id to destroy God. So Faye is the contact, the man of God, who will take the people born in this world with him to a new horizon. But, he, but Graf was intentionally provoking Id out of him to destroy God, to go against the destiny mm. of the contact. Well, that is the difference between the superego and the Id yeah. right there. Yeah. It's like, are you, are you called to fulfill God's wishes, or are you going to kill God and kill yeah. everything with it? Um, then we see the scene where Saiten talks directly to Id, and it's freaking awesome. <laughs> uh, Id yeah, reveals that the Fae that we've known throughout the game is not the base personality of, of Fae. It was created three years ago by Khan. By Khan, and that's the craziest thing, is that, is that the whole game we've been thinking Id is a suppressed part of Faye, but Faye's the real person. Yeah. It seems that it is the real person. Yeah. And Faye is the repressed, like, separate part of, of Id. That's right? how it seems at first. That's what Id's trying to make it out to be like. That's ah, what Id's okay. trying to say. He's like, right? I'm the real one. I'm the real one. Right. That person was inexplicably created by Khan when he suppressed me down in the deeps of conscious. And... Um, this person created this three came about fake. three years ago. Yeah. He's not in control. I'm in control, right? That's what he says. Yes. Um, so he sealed up my That's personality what I'd say too if I was him. in the deepest recesses of my consciousness. Through some inexplicable reason, that is when the present Faye was born. Okay, but he keeps referring to this coward. Mm-hmm. In it's addition like a, to as that. like a third person. Yes. Remember? Mm -hmm. Remember that scene where. Faye kind of walked in, and there was a boy sitting in front of like a, yeah. a uh, like a projector, mm -hmm. and and he was like in a spotlight, and yep. Faye kind of walked up to him and was like, it's "What's the this?" Young. And then the id, the little kid with the hair in his eyes, was like, "You shouldn't be here," yes, and I like that, shut yeah. him out. Okay, so he keeps referring to this coward, and Saiten notices that, and he's like, "Who is that? Who do you mean by coward?" Right, um, and what he finds out, what Saiten explains, is the present Faye is one single personality. It is just that structure-wise, his personality was constructed on top of ids, hence placing Faye at a lower hierarchy. Yes. So you go down deeper, right? Hierarchy going down this way. Faye that we know is on the top, id is underneath him, or in the hierarchy we'd be above him, right? Hierarchy, yeah. But, but down beneath that, down beneath, uh, well, first of all, uh, hence, placing Faye at a lower hierarchy, that is why when Id is active, Faye has no recollection of it. 
It only manifests when phase mental energy is in a weakened state. It is a mystery in and of itself that the lower level personality of Faye has any control over the upper level personality of id. There's a deeper personality, You're a right. low id. And that person is afraid yes. to come out. Doesn't want that to live. That person doesn't want Faye to know that he's there mm -hmm. and doesn't want to do, yeah. And, and uh, I think id says something to the effect of, um, like, he's too afraid to live or too cowardly to mm. live or something like that. That's a Nietzschean argument. Yeah. So id believes he's the ubermensch. Yes. He's the great super person and that everyone else is just a coward. They aren't willing to go take life and do what they will with it. And that's right. that's uh, Nietzsche's idea of the Ubermensch. And uh, interesting. So he says, it is obvious that there exists a third personality. Id calls this existence the coward. In mm -hmm. my observation, this coward may be the fundamental personality of Fay. Interesting. But this fundamental personality, the real Fay down underneath, something happened where he doesn't, he wants to hide away. He doesn't want to live. He doesn't want to be in control. He does. He, he, there's a cowardly aspect to that character, where this is why the personalities split. But this is the only thing keeping id in the hierarchy, keeping id from having full control over Faye. Is that this base? Per, now, the hierarchy is that the base coward is actually at the top I, I or get at the, that. the farthest. And we have seen that in some of the anime scenes in the yes. past. We've seen that. But but I would still say that um, when Faye sees the, the video, mm -hmm. the projector, projection, he sees there's Id, and then he sees the younger Faye. Mm -hmm. The boy. I, I um, They're making it sound like there's a person here, then there's Id, and then there's Faye up top. No, no, so this base Faye is at the bottom of the hierarchy. And at the top? Id is in the middle. And then there's and fake then Faye, the who we've coward, been playing as. The, no, fake Faye is, sorry. Faye, it's, it's yeah, hard are to, we doing conscious or are we doing hierarchy? Consciousness <laughs> down, hierarchy okay. up. I I'm understand doing, it. I'm doing hierarchy up. I understand it, but I'm confused. Fake Faye at the bottom of the hierarchy. The one from three years ago that was created. Yeah. Id is at the hierarchy above him. Yeah, but and then that's why he can't remember. Then there's the real coward, Faye, who's a coward. The boy in the spotlight. Yes. He is at the top. And um, I guess I don't get the difference between the coward and Faye. I, I don't see a difference well, in my mind. I'm like, no, that's just Faye. He's just now here now. At this point, we right. don't know anything about the well, coward other than that he's there. Sure. But this And there's this stuff Faye, with Lacan. This Faye at the bottom of the hierarchy or at the top of the, <laughs> the, the subconscious <laughs> or whatever... <clears throat> yeah. This is not the real Faye. As okay, he says, it was created by Khan, right? Yeah. Yes. Or it emerged because Khan buried Id. It was inexplicable how it happened, Id says. Mm. This personality emerged three years ago. Okay. This is not the fundamental personality of Faye. As he says here, uh, mm -hmm. it is obvious that there exists a third personality. Id calls this existence the coward. In my observation, this coward may be the fundamental personality of Faye. Because okay. Faye's kind of a coward. <clears throat> he can be too, yeah. But and and he, he takes it personally when Elium called him a coward back in the day. Yeah. Anyways, let's move on. I get, I get, I okay. get what that same more Yeah, because we've got to wrap up. Uh, yeah. Like immediately. <laughs> uh, so he goes on to say that coward is assisting Faye. 
in keeping control over it, right? So yeah. the coward and Faye work together, kind of subconsciously, not consciously, to mm -hmm. keep it from taking over. Okay, then they all meet with the elders and they decide they want to freeze Faye and Carbonite because it's just too much, there's too much yeah. of a risk. Everyone agrees outwardly because yes. they can't defend any other position. Yes. Like out loud. Yes. But they don't agree yes. inside. <laughs> so I thought this was pretty cool. And Ellie is totally against it. She goes down there to help she, him escape. Yep. And he says... Yeah, this is important. He says, they say I'm the second advent of Graf. And I did not remember them saying that on the nose this early. I was mm. like, oh my gosh, they say it now? Yeah. Now you put it together earlier. With Lacan. With, yeah. yeah. With that fact that Lacan is Faye, but... Uh, or, yeah. Sorry, that Lacan is Graf. Is Graf. But uh, the one who destroyed all this world, he says, it seems Graf used to be a land dweller named Lacan. I did not remember that they paired Graf and Lacan so, so early yeah. and so overtly. Mm. I did not remember that, but you already put that together. I had. Before. I had, yeah. So I put a note here to ask what you make of that, but you already explained it, so we're good. Yeah, I'm there. It's it's still confusing because we have memories of Lacan. And yes. so I don't get how that can work yes. if Lacan is still alive and he's like there and he's not us. But I've he looked like I've us. I've already said this. But I guess that's why he wears a mask because he looks like us. This maybe. is the most confusing plot point of the whole game and it will take a long time to fair explain Fair enough, maybe. fair enough. Yeah, I'm confused, but I get it. So Ellie says, uh, you could have killed me if you really wanted to, right? The other you, Id's power is nothing like that. But you, will st uh, you still didn't go through with it. You knew when it was enough. Yeah. Isn't that because your will was in effect? If you're to be controlled by id and all those around you became your enemies, I'd still be by your side because, because I know it's lonely to be by yourself. Again, mm, just a nice yeah. little sentiment there. The romance is really yeah, she's working dealt with that for herself. me. Um, we see, but then we see a flash to that anime scene from earlier. Remember when the, the woman approached? Boy, Faye in the desert. Yeah, and she's got the necklace, and mm -hmm. yeah. It flashes to that there. Yeah. So just something to think about. Did we see the whole scene? I can't remember. Or no, was it, it, was just, just it was just her, it and it shows brief. the necklace, but it's just yeah, her there. Yeah. And her face. Now, I actually made a, made a note here. I refuse to talk anymore about Gazel Ministry conversations. It hurts my brain. <laughs> <laughs> but the important thing to take from this one is that Ramses was given an animal relic, and his gear is an Omni gear now. Yeah, and it's like beastly. And it's like, okay, uh, Krellian's going to give Ramses a chance, but he, they keep calling, calling him trash. I don't get why they give him a chance at all. Krellian must have a reason. I don't get Krellian it Krellian has a reason. Yeah. The, the Gazo Ministry are ready to do it. But at the same it. time, Krellian's like, hey, don't kill Ellie. And, yes. And, and Ramses doesn't care. Ramses does not care because he's and losing Krellian his mind. And Krellian should know that. Krellian... Is, anyways, he might know that. There's a but, purpose for okay. Ramses. Miang mentioned that earlier in the story. Krellian wants Ellie to come back. They want to capture Ellie again. And they gave Ramses an anima relic. His gear's an Omni gear now. That's the only thing I care about in that Gazel Ministry conversation. Now, um, I don't get why Ramses did not confirm, confirm the kill. Like, he yeah. shows up. He, he kicks our butt. He kicks us out of the sky. Because he got an Omni gear now. And then he's like, sick. And then he leaves. And it's like, are you... You really think that you just killed the demon of Elru just by like just because he <laughs> fell to Earth and now he's dead? You're yeah. not going to go back Confirm down and like check? Yeah, you're right. No, that doesn't make sense. It was a little weird, but he, he was also nervous that he killed Ellie, so I think maybe he was like, oh, yeah, maybe shoot. like, oh crap, I gotta go. Anyways, yeah. but he forgets his orders again. Yeah, the like power the goes to his time. head. I can't believe. Anyways, yeah, you're right. They have a they have a different reason, but it's <laughs> it's weird. 
Uh, but he he shoots down the Veltal and it crashes and it's on fire. And Ellie is badly wounded in the crash. Yeah, they she's did a good sprite blood. animation as yeah, she's, she's walking. Kind of you can see blood kind away. of dripping. It's really nice. Yeah, very good. And as Faye drags her away from the wreckage, Graf is seen watching from the shadows. End of disc one. Holy crap, we barely made it. We got to get Case into the, <laughs> to the train station. Thanks for watching, everybody. Um, next time, play up to Raziel's tree. That's a vague enough thing, but you'll know when you get there. Play up through the section with Raziel's tree. That's where we're going to get up to next time. All right, everyone. Peace out. See you next time.